Today's podcast is brought to you by Something Blue by Anita Kay, specializing in wedding and event photography. Visit her page on Facebook. For those in love, capture those memories with Something Blue by Anita Kay. This is Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast with Mark Poulos. So fuck you and fuck your baby and fuck your wife. <laughs> Why fuck them all? So you have headphones. We're recording at a barbecue gas station. We're not pausing this to put a baby in there. So, uh, so you can just stop it right. You're half drunk and high oh, trying to read a map. Right, here we go. We're literally. We are on, <laughs> on the edge of the Grand Canyon. That's my whole job when I'm on the road is protecting my butt. Stoner. And the fat man. He says, man. You really need to turn your life around. Fuck you, Mark. Mark, pull up the <laughs> Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Unbridled Enthusiasm Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Poulos, as always. It's another edition of The Ride Home. Um, this week, I got to uh, compete in a, a fun comedy contest in uh, Dubuque, Iowa. It's called the Comedy 10K, because uh, there's $10,000 in cash prizes for the comedians that are uh, doing the show. And I did it, uh, I did it last year, and I had a pretty amazing time. Um, I made it all the way to uh, second place, and I actually ended up losing first place by only three points. Um... But as the year went on, I was just thinking to myself that, you know, I went there and and I kind of proved that I can hold my own against some of the top comedians in the country. So I was just like, I didn't really feel like there was a necessity to go back and do it again this year. Um, but uh, I was kind of talked into it by a few people and... I'm actually glad that I did go again this year. Um, uh, in comparison to last year, the uh, pool of talent this year was like so much better. I mean, the top 12 um, that made it to the semifinals, which was me, was just like a who's who of comedians that are working the country right now. Um, you know, just some huge names like AJ Finney and Mike Paramore. Larry Reeb, Nathan Timmel, um, Joe Larson, uh, Landry. I mean, it was just a, a huge pool of talent. And when I made it to the semifinals, I realized how many amazing comedians that were in the semifinals. I actually got a little spooked. I was like, I don't think it's a gimme getting to the finals this year. Like, I'm going to have to really focus and and craft uh, a set to get to the finals but thankfully I did make it to the finals Um, but the other three comics that I made it to the finals with um, just amazing comedians in and of themselves so it was a tough fight and I ended up finishing fourth but um, the way the contest is set up it's it's pretty cool Um, there's three days of preliminary rounds where each show there's 12 comedians. Uh, actually I take that back. I think there was only eight. 
So out of those eight comedians, two of them move on to the semifinals. So you end up with 12 comedians in the semifinals. And then four of those comedians go to the finals, and then they fight it out for the big money. Um, I think the coolest part about this uh, contest or festival is that on uh, usually Friday, they have a... Uh, a seminar where you can sit down and talk to the judges because I think one of the major features that pulls comedians into this contest is, uh, or any comedy contest for that matter, is the people that are judging it. And usually those judges are big names in the comedy business. You know, last year it was uh, uh, Dave Stroop, um, Tony Camacho, who runs like cruise ships and casinos in Vegas and uh, Cindy who runs a bunch of clubs in Chicago is just like if you if you have good sets you know in front of these people you get the opportunity to to work the clubs that they have you know it's kind of a way to to showcase in front of some big name uh, agents and managers in one spot, you know, but then again, that adds on even more, um, pressure and more angst to do a good job. Um, but it's just like the more and more that I do them, um, the more comfortable I get in doing like showcases for networks and contests and, and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's so funny, like, I think back to, you know, seven years ago when I was, I did a bunch of showcases, one for uh, um, for the Montreal Comedy Festival, I did a showcase for Comedy Central, I did a showcase for a bunch of different places, and I was, I mean, looking back on that and doing the showcases that I did um, in the last couple of years, like, I was completely unprepared. Like I shouldn't even have been doing any of that shit seven years ago. Um, but these last couple of years when I've been doing the stuffs for laughs TV and the Bob and Tom show and, and all these contests and stuff, you know, you just kind of, you kind of relax and you try not to think about it. And it's like, you get to that point where if you make it out onto the stage clean and you get the microphone out of the stand and you're able to hit that first joke in your showcase set or your comedy contest set, you know, it's just, uh, everything kind of washes away and it's just another comedy set again. You know, I think the, the hardest wild card about doing any of this is whether or not the audience is going to react the way that you want them to react. Because in these showcase shows and these contest shows, you're going up after like six or seven comedians, and sometimes the guy that you're following is such a stark contrast to what you do that it might cause problems, but sometimes it would help, you know? And that's what I think I found in a few of these different things is like, you know, you do your set and you just hope for the best. Because most of these comedy contests, they're judged on like five different areas. And most of them make sense where it's like the crowd reaction, 
your stage presence and the originality of your delivery and the jokes that you're telling. Because last year it was pretty funny because there was there was three comics that went up in a row and they were all doing like marijuana jokes. And I was just like, you would think like the minute before you go on stage and the guy before you does this huge long weed bit and you're supposed to be doing a weed bit that you've written for the show that you might go, you know what? I don't think I'm going to do my weed bit, you know. I think I'll slide something else in. But sometimes it's hard for comics, you know, because they've got their thing set, you know, and they're not, and they don't know if they can switch it, you know. They don't know if they have the mentality to switch it right at that moment, you know, because some people laugh at me. They're just like, you know, how, how can you feel so relaxed and, you know, because a lot, you know, people that don't know about stand-up, like, there's certain comics that, like, like a few minutes before they go on stage, they have to kind of excuse themselves and kind of go off into their own corner and just kind of focus and try to get into the zone before they go on stage. Because, you know, for the normal person in the world, stepping onto a stage in front of 300 people by yourself with a microphone and just talking for anywhere between 15 minutes to an hour and engaging that many people and keeping them focused, you know, it's pretty scary for some people, you know? And it's, you know, it's scary for us too, but it's just like, you know, what are you going to do, you know? You just uh, you just have to put it out of your mind and go up there. And it's like you get to a certain point where it's just not even a thing. Like you're just standing off to the side and you're like, all right, it's showtime. And you just, you know, go up there and do your thing, you know. But sometimes, sometimes, you know, you need to have that Rolodex in your head of your jokes. Because I was doing um, that APCA conference in Florida last month. and. I was going to finish my set with this really long joke about how lady farts are really stinky. And there was a a female comedian that went up right before I was supposed to go up. And she did like five minutes on how stinky her farts were. Now, granted, I could have gone up there and just done my joke my way. And, you know, but it's just, it's stupid to do that. Because she just did a fart joke. And I'm going to do a fart joke. It's There's no way it's not going to be compared to her fart joke. So literally seconds before I went on stage, I had to pull that joke. And I had to put another one in there that was roughly the same amount of time. But I didn't know for sure, you know, because the set was timed. And that's the thing about these contests and showcase and stuff. There's a very specific time that you get and a lot of times if you go over that you get penalized in contests or the microphone gets shut off in showcases and that's a little bit nerve-wracking too because you're like I want to do this amazing set but it has to be you know a certain length and if if you get up there and you know you've underestimated or overestimated like you have to fly on the seat of your pants to adjust so you can make it the correct length, you know. 
So that's what I did, and I got up there, and the joke that I pulled out and put in, it turned out to not be the same link. So then I had to add more stuff in on the fly while I was up there, and I mean, it ended up being really good. But uh, that's the stuff you deal with in these showcases and these contest sets. So if you're, you know, I'm not sure how many comedians listen to my podcast or newer comics that are listening to my podcast, but, you know, if you're planning on doing a festival or, or a contest or stuff, a lot of people are down on the contests and the festivals. I think they're good. I don't think you should do them all the time. But, you know, when you feel ready that you've got something that you want to present to the world, like some unique point of view or your show is has gone to a certain level and you want to show it off, you know, a festival or a contest is the best way to do that. However, like, it's not just a, a free-for-all. You're not going to just be like, well, I think I'm going to go do the Boston Comedy Festival this year. Like, no, you have to find the website, you got to submit your stuff, you have to be accepted into the festival, you know, and it's a lot of, like, money out of your pocket if you're going to go do these festivals and contests, so you have to kind of make sure that you've got the money and, and you're able to take that week off to do the contest and just, you know, focus for it. But if you're going to go to one of these things, you can't fuck around, you can't do it lackadaisically, you got to focus. Like, the only ways that I won the Comcast Trial by Laughter in 2011 and made it to the semifinals of the Laughing Skull and the finals of the Comedy 10K over the last few years is I actually sat down and I figured out what the rounds were going to be, and I wrote out the jokes for each round, I timed them, I practiced... So there was no surprises when I got there. And the cool thing is, um, this guy, Steve Hofstetter, he does a ton of these contests and festivals. And when he does it, um, he doesn't allow comedians to repeat material from round to round, which I think is a good feature of a contest or a festival because it kind of pushes people out of their comfort zone because these comics that are out in New York and L.A., um, they work on their seven, which is this like seven minute showcase set that they'll do for TV and they'll do for, you know, showcases and and stuff like that. And when you force them to not be able to repeat, repeat material round from round, well, now they, they can do that seven minute showcase they've been working on for years in one of the rounds, but not all of the rounds. So they've got to work on that. And I like that. But, uh, yeah, the Comedy 10K was a blast this year, man. I've never felt so much camaraderie and, and accolades from tons of my peers. You know, it's like when you're standing backstage ready to compete against comics that you've looked up to and comics that you admire, and you're all going to go out there and do your best six minutes, you know, and may the best man win, it's... You know, there's nothing like it in the world, man. And to be able to meet these, you know, decision makers in the business and talk to them about real issues in comedy and and how to further your career and exactly what, what the next steps are and stuff, it's, I mean, invaluable information. And if you're a comic out there and you're on the fence whether you should do the Comedy 10K next year, I would sign up for real, man. There's no contest like it out there.
I mean, with the amount of money that's available to win and the, the caliber of judges that, uh, that they draw in, I mean, there's just nothing like it. And it's also a three day, three or four day thing, you know, whereas like San Francisco and Seattle competitions, they're like a month long so they can milk as much money as they can out of these comics coming in from around the country. This one, it's boom, 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 you know, and, and if you don't make it through, you can stay for the seminar and head home or you can stay through the whole thing and watch how it all works and watch how these comics compete against each other and, and how, you know, tight their sets are and stuff. And, you know, it pits new guys against old guys against veterans, you know, in the first round of my show, it was like me and another national touring headliner. And then the other six comics that were on our show were like open micers and new guys. So it was kind of like when I went up there and I did my six minutes and just destroyed, I came off stage and one of the new guys, I think put it best. He was just like, well, looks like somebody just raised the bar. And that's the whole point of these contests. You know, you take what the last person did and you take it to a next level. You know, that's the whole thing. So this has been another episode of the ride home. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And, uh, the podcast is always available at iTunes and Podbean, Stitcher, Tuned In. It's everywhere. So make sure you uh, find it where you can. Tons of cool apps. If you're on the iPhone, uh, you can download the Unbridled Enthusiasm app for your iPhone, which is cool. All the episodes at your fingertips. And uh, check out my website, markpulos.com. I just, uh, or largedrunkman.com. Both get you there. Just updated all my new uh, tour dates for the fall, and uh, there'll be more coming. So tune in next time when we talk about who knows.